Howdy! This is the Views from the Shot podcast. I'm your host, your one and only host, Tim Miller. And today, Monday, October 23rd, 2023, I wish you a very, very heartfelt and happy International Swallows Depart from San Juan Capistrano Day. Today's show, as always, presented by Big Banter Sports Network. You can find Big Banter Sports wherever you consume any kind of sports content. That means on the internet at Big Banter Sports on their website, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, wherever you're getting your content, you need to be following Big Banter Sports. They're a proud partner of our show, show, and we thank them for that. And you should find them as well because they are laying out content for Big Ten football and, of course, Big Ten basketball. Speaking of which, we just recorded our Big Ten basketball preseason show extravaganza last night. Would appreciate it if you find that show when it's out. And the only way you can find it, or be sure that you'll find it, is if you follow them on those platforms that I had mentioned. So do that. By the way... I'm sure that we have a few new listeners here today on this show, thanks to a special guest who we'll get to. Shout out, Kent. But before we get there, just follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If it's Apple Podcasts, if it's Spotify, it's one, if it's one of the others that we may not mention but you use, just follow, subscribe because it's free. You don't lose anything. I don't take any of your data. Nothing happens other than when an episode drops, you're able to see it should you choose to listen. And we thank you if you already subscribe. Many of you already do. And also, thank you. Last episode, I asked and you delivered. I said, hey, can you like the tweet when I send out this episode? And many of you went back. You liked the tweet. And I thank you for that. And I notice you. And when you interact with our tweets... I noticed that too, so thanks for that. Today's show, we're excited to preview the Big Ten Conference schedule for Ohio State. We've got Kent Peterson joining the show from Casual Big Ten. He's pretty big on the Twitters, as are some of us, which we're, we're, we're thankful for that. But we're also thankful for Kent being on the show today. We'll talk Ohio State's schedule in the Big Ten Conference. Before we get there, a couple takeaways from Ohio State's win over Dayton last night, if you're listening on Monday. And if you are listening, I thank you. I've been very thankful on this show, and you should notice that. Um, Look, I want to give a couple takeaways from that game. I I gave nine instant reactions on BigBanterSports.com. Go to BigBanterSports.com. Go to the blog. You'll see that article is up. I gave nine instant reactions couple of them. Number one, Chris Holtman treated this game as a dress rehearsal. He played the top players we expect to be in the rotation. Kalen Etzler got in later on in the second half. Colby Ballman came in at the end of the game. Austin Parks and Taysen Chapman were inactive. Make sure you're following at the shot pod on Twitter so that you can see the inactive players before the game tips off because we do have that intel. But Chris Holtman traded this game as a dress rehearsal. Buckeyes got up by 13 at most. They shot 44% from behind the arc. They shot 55% from the field. They didn't take care of the ball very well. But overall, for it being the first game, quote-unquote, of the season, can be happy with an eight-point win over the heavily favored 
Dayton Flyers to win the A-10, not to win that game. However, by the way, I did, and I'm proud of myself for this. I said before the game, I tweeted it out, hey, look, there's no line for this game, but let's say Ohio State is favored by 6.5 on the spread. What are you taking? Most people took Ohio State. Ohio State won by 8. I kind of nailed that. Vegas may be calling me soon, and I may may have to quit the pod. But until then, some other takeaways. Bruce Thornton played incredible. Final eight games of the season last year, he scored 17 points per game. Last night, he poured in 21 points on 7-9 shooting. Love that. He's my pick to lead the team in scoring. I know that's a little uncommon as a, as a point guard in the Big Ten, but whatever. I'm taking Bruce Thornton to lead the team in scoring. He did a great job. I loved watching Dale Bonner. Get used to me saying the term bonnering. It's going to become a thing. I don't want you to miss out. We're going bonnering, guys. It's happening now. Dale Bonner looked bouncy. He looked springy. He looked good defensively. He led the team in assists off the bench, by the way. Had a couple of steals. Man, I loved watching Dale Bonner, Dale Bonner play. He's going to be good next season. Evan Mahaffey did get the start over Scotty Middleton. I've heard really good things about Evan Mahaffey in practice at Ohio State so far. I wouldn't be surprised to see him start over Scotty Middleton. Doesn't mean Scotty Middleton can't get a lot of playing time. He will continue to do so. Zed Key, he saw more playing time than Felix Akpara. However, Felix Akpara got the start. Head scratcher? Not really. It is an exhibition for for all we know. Buckeyes, apparently, they've got a nine-man rotation with Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, Evan Mahaffey, Jamison Battle, and Felix Akpara starting. Zed Key, Dale Bonner, Scotty Middleton, Devin Royal came off the bench. Obviously, the rotation is going to shrink a little bit. This wasn't a real game. We're not in February, so we can't read too much into this. Tayson Chapman also didn't play because of a knee injury. So the rotation will be a little bit different. It will probably shrink a little bit, but that's something worth noting. I've been asking for Ohio State to force more turnovers this season. We know it's not really a focus for them uh, defensively, but they did force 17 yesterday. 17. That's a lot. Good job, Ohio State. However, they did turn the ball over, I believe, 16 times yesterday. Not good. Ohio State did outscore Dayton 20-11 to off turnovers. And Ohio State somewhat contained Deron Holmes the second. He scored 10 points. He did that in 16 minutes. Not great, but it's fine. We'll take it. And obviously Dayton is not a team like Purdue, Michigan State, whatever, where you're going to have to contain their best players plus a bunch of other really good players. But it was fine to see. Overall, happy to see Ohio State win. The vibes are good. We are buzzing here in the Ohio State basketball community. Excited for the team to be back. Excited to watch them. So happy with the first exhibition that we saw from Ohio State taking on Dayton. Wanted to get some thoughts on the Dayton game But that's all I've got on Dayton. We're going to go now to a Big Ten schedule preview with Kent Peterson. Thanks for listening. Again, please, please, please subscribe. Just do it. It's simple. It's easy. And it's free. And very few things in life are simple, easy, and free. That's a tough parlay to hit. Kent Peterson of Casual Big Ten, the guest for today's show on the Views from the Shot podcast kent has built up a nice little following on twitter youtube channel as well out there on the social so make sure you find kent ken thanks for being here today we we spoke for about a half hour about (laughs) non-ohio state basketball related uh conversations and topics so i guess we should talk osu basketball but 
before we get into it, how's the day going? What's been the highlight of your day? And um, how are you feeling with the Big Ten football landscape right now? I know that's what you're what you're really following right now. Um, but last week one was pretty big here for Ohio State. So thoughts on that? Oh, man, that was a lot of questions all in one. I can't wait to answer all of them. OK, so my day is going well. Uh, okay. Kids are at school right now. My oldest got a filling this morning. So uh, while she was back there, I was like researching some more Ohio State basketball stuff to get prepared for today. Can't wait. Can't wait to talk about basketball. Been talking about football since June now. Um, I was trying to think when's the last time I even recorded anything for basketball. And like once I started looking into stuff, I just got so excited, man. I cannot wait for hoops to start. I can't wait to talk about it. But uh, yeah, the football stuff's going really well. Um, I predicted that Ohio State was going to beat Penn State at the last minute last week um, after I've been kind of on Penn State all year. And, you know, just the in the Big Ten East has been so fun to watch because those three teams are so talented. And it's going to be fun coming down the stretch to see, you know, Michigan play Penn State. And then obviously the game at the end of the year is going to be fantastic. Can't wait. That's going to be fun, too. And all that's going to be happening while basketball is getting started. It's going to be a great time. I mean, it's just so exciting. Everything, everything coming up is so exciting. Looking forward to it. Easily one of the best times of the year for sports. You've got college football in full swing, college basketball about to start. Obviously, I would assume most of the fans listening to the show are also Ohio State football fans. Look, just you, you my DMs are open. If you need a little help, if you need a little side cash, just, just ask me some, some bets and I'll tell you Ohio State's going to cover against Penn <laughs> State. I, I told Kent that I got the chance to watch Penn State a bunch and I was correct in my assumption on how that game would go. When you're not slippery, it's hard to win football games. And Penn State, offensively, not slippery. But we should talk Ohio State basketball because that is, of course, while we're here today, we're going to break down Ohio State's schedule while also talking about the teams that they've got within Big Ten play. But to start, Kent, you said you've gone kind of gone over Ohio State's conference schedule. Take me through of the Big Ten teams that they're playing. What sticks out to you? What do you like, not like general vibes of Ohio State's schedule in the conference? I mean, the Big Ten, anybody's Big Ten schedule in conference is always going to be tough. Like everyone talks about this nationally. It's just like the way the way the style of play for Big Ten basketball is so bruising and people get beat up all year. Everyone beats the other teams and the other teams beat the other teams. And it just feels like it's a you know, a blender of people winning and losing at all times. So it's it's going to be a brutal schedule no matter how you lay it out or however you look at it because everybody is so talented in the Big Ten and everyone's so tough in the Big Ten. So as far as the conference schedule itself, there's, there's never going to be an easy year. Or there's never going to be an easy way to lay it out. It just all kind of depends on who's a little bit more down or a little bit more up each year and uh, how those games fall at home and on the road uh, is really how you can break down what's going to be like, you know, a little bit easier, a little bit tougher part of the schedule is how I look at it for just the big 10 stuff, at least. Yeah. And I think big 10, like you can, you can cry and complain and whine about whatever your big 10 schedule make look like, but for the most part, everyone is playing the same team. So it's, it's not like there's going to be all that many differences. However, I will say for Ohio State, they have the what I would say is the second most favorable schedule in the Big Ten. They play Purdue one time. They play Indiana, I believe, one time, if I'm correct there. I could be wrong. Michigan That's State, twi- though. I, I got it twice play. on here. You guys okay, are playing so Indiana it, twice. Yep. 
Indiana twice. Um, oh, sorry, it's Iowa who was also one time, and I believe Wisconsin once. So Purdue, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, I believe is all once. I jotted that down and have posted this on Twitter multiple times, so I could be wrong and correct me if I am. And that's not the best look when we're starting a show talking specifically about the Big Ten Conference, but sometimes that's just how it goes. However, I will say again, we we did a very robust Big Ten preview where we talked about the quote-unquote East teams, we talked about the quote-unquote West teams, and I would say, looking into everyone's schedule, that Michigan State probably has the best setup for their conference schedule. They've got Ohio State only once, Purdue only once, Indiana only once, Iowa only once, pretty similar to Ohio State. Ohio State only having to take on Purdue and Michigan State twice combined is huge, I think. And you get the likes of Minnesota, Penn State, Nebraska, Rutgers, some teams that maybe will be in the lower half of the conference. You get them all twice. So I think that breaks down really well for Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're if you're going into the 2023 season, the the two teams that you're not wanting to see on your schedule ever are Michigan State and Purdue. Like those are the top two teams. I think that that's been uh, pretty well discussed throughout the off season. Um, with everything that Michigan State has coming in and returning, and then obviously uh, Purdue uh, reigning Big Ten champions and player of the year. Uh, those are the two teams you don't want to have on your schedule. So the fact that you guys have them a combined two times total, that's huge. That you only have to play them once each, that's going to be huge. And, um, you know, we'll see if maybe you can even beat one of those teams because you only have to scout them once. And uh, they might not be scouting you guys as much because they're only playing them once. Um, so hopefully, like, like for you guys, hopefully that Michigan State game or that Purdue game, especially the Purdue game, because it's at home, uh, maybe pick up a win right there. That would be massive for the Buckeyes, I think. Yeah, I, if you can get Purdue or Michigan State, we remember what happened in the shot last year where Ohio State had that game not signed, sealed, delivered, but up by three with 40 seconds left. And then you have a very, very ugly, low basketball IQ play where you catch the ball in the corner and throw it away. Turnover leads to essentially Ohio State giving that game away against Purdue. And that was kind of the beginning of the end for Ohio State. It was early in January, but it seemed like that was where the win was let out of the sails when Ohio State lost to Purdue. You're going to get them once. You're going to get them at home. You're going to get them late in Big Ten play. So you should know what your rotation looks like. I've been adamant on this show on my thoughts on Zach Eady. I think he's a phenomenal college basketball player, and that's where it ends. There's a reason why he's playing college basketball and he's not in the NBA right now. But what that means for Ohio State is you're not going to have to extend your defense if Zach Eady is not on the block or not sitting in the paint for six seconds when he's not allowed to be there. <laughs> that is going to be very beneficial for Ohio State, and they have more Big Ten bodies this season. They have Zed Key. They have Felix Akpara, who was put on weight. They have um, Owen Spencer, I guess, if you want to mention him as well. Uh, but Austin Parks, a freshman coming in as well, who's immediately a Big Ten body at 6'10", 250. He's already gotten his teeth knocked out. We've mentioned by Zed Key. So he's ready to play Big Ten basketball I think that's going to help out in terms of depth guarding Zach Eady. I'm a fan of the, the hack-a-shack method with Zach Eady um, as well. Just kind of piss him off and push him around a little bit. And if he gets fouled, whatever. Um, but let's talk about the, the first half of, or not even the first half. Let's just talk about December for Ohio State. Okay. The Big Ten does this, this scheduling tactic where you get two games in the beginning of December. 
and then you're off with Big Ten games for the rest of the month. So in December, they open against Minnesota on December 3rd at home, and then they'll travel to Happy Valley to take on Penn State on December 9th. Those are the two Big Ten conference games. Thoughts on those two, Kent? Yeah, so Minnesota, the first one, um, there's nowhere for them to go but up. So for me to say that they're going to improve this year is not really stepping out on a limb at all because they were last in the Big Ten last year. uh, Really bad, really, really bad last year. But uh, for them, if you're looking at that game in particular, um, some names that you want to look out for, they have a uh, a four-star coming in, Cam Christie. He's the brother of Max Max Christie, uh, the guy that went to Michigan State now in the NBA. And then um, they still have Garcia and they still have uh, Joshua Ola Joseph, who is one of my favorite players. I feel kind of bad for him because his roster is so depleted and he's not very good uh, or they're not very good. He's really good. I like him a lot. Um, But that's what they have, though. Those are the three guys that they have. They don't have a full lineup that's going to be able to go up against Ohio States. And that's just being blunt. They're not going to win that game um, unless... I mean, they would have to have somebody come in new, and I don't even think that's allowed anymore. So uh, Minnesota, uh, I feel like that's one of the easiest, that is the easiest game you can have to open your Big Ten schedule. And then um, for Penn State, I know they had a great year last year. They Great shooters. All those guys are gone. Everyone's gone for Penn State. And brand new coach coming in, Mike Rhodes. Um, he has a I'm afraid for Mike because I I think he's going to be a great coach. I think he's going to be really good for Penn State. Um, But this year is going to be some growing pains for him because he's coming from VCU and the style of play that they play at VCU is the complete opposite of what's going to be happening in the Big Ten. Um, So he's got some some uh, adjusting that he's going to have to do, and he's going to be doing it with some players that he's brought over from VCU and pretty much nobody returned. If if you are a Ohio State fan and you know a single player on Penn State's roster right now, then you are a giant college basketball fan because there's not a lot of names on there that you should know coming back from Penn State. In fact, I don't even know who is really coming back for them. So um, as far as the opening month for Ohio State, couldn't have been more favorable. Like you said at the beginning of the show, um, got to get two wins right there to start conference play. And I think they will, uh, Penn state, even though it's at Penn state, if you ever watch Penn state game on the road, there's about four people in the stands and then, uh, maybe some parents and that's it. So I don't think that that game is going to be, uh, a huge home court advantage. And, uh, if I had to put money on it and I probably will, by the time it gets to that time, um, I would say that Ohio state easily wins those first two games in December. Yeah, they, there's no such thing as a must-win game in December, and the term must-win is horribly overused in, in sports. As a as a Reds fan in baseball, it was August, and we were saying that games were, were must-win, and, and mathematically, that was untrue. Um, but these games feels like it, it, if you lose either of these, it's like, what are we doing? It's it's good for Ohio State to kind of get their feet wet. With, with Penn State, you mentioned all the departures. They lose. Their top seven, seven scores, Evan Mahaffey now joining Ohio State from Penn State, and they lose their head coach. And then when I talked about Minnesota, it's funny. And they, and they can't play booty ball anymore either. So that's tough for them. And that's really so, tough. So we, 
I'll, I'll pause. Let me pause on that for just a second. Um, <laughs> um, let me go back to Minnesota real quick. Um, go ahead. The, the sentiment I had for Penn State was the exact same sentiment I had for Minnesota. And I did these in separate episodes. There was no correlation. It was, I kind of feel bad for both of these programs, especially for Penn State, because they had so much last year and so much going for them and everything is gone. And with Minnesota, they didn't have anything going for them. Not much is gone other than their best player, Jamison Battle, but it's still not good for them. And Ben Johnson couldn't motivate me to take out the trash. Um, so because of that, I am extremely, in the highest sense, out on Penn State, Minnesota. I think these are the two bottom teams in the Big Ten. You get them in December. You get one at home. You get one away. This should be two victories for Ohio State in December. And then after that, they're going to take on Rutgers on January 3rd. Would you say, in your estimation, Ken, is Rutgers a continuation of two bottom half teams in the Big Ten? Is this another game that they absolutely should be winning? Or does Rutgers feel a little bit more plucky to you? I think that Rutgers is way better than both of those teams. I think that uh, Rutgers is going to make some noise this year. So I definitely wouldn't mark that one up as like an easy win. I think it's a winnable game, but I just I wouldn't say that, you know, you're going into a Rutgers game and you're automatically going to win that game. That's just that's just from my perspective and just the way that they um I just feel like the way that they're coached and how hard they play all the time there no matter who they have really, even though they've lost some players too, some transfers. Um I think that they're still going to be a little tougher. They're definitely going to be tougher than those first two teams we just talked about. But um yeah, I I do agree that they're probably going to be near the top of the bottom half of the Big Ten at best would be uh, what you can hope for if you're a Rutgers fan, but um, still could be a game that, you know, that's not saying that they're a bad team, though, just because they're at the bottom of the or the bottom half of the Big Ten. Um, like I said at the top, it's it's a very deep conference. Everyone's going to be tough, and uh, anyone and everyone can win and will win on any given night uh, throughout the season. That's what we love about this sport. So, um, I wouldn't say it's an automatic win. I, I definitely would not compare them to Minnesota, um, or Penn state, but, um, I think that it is a winnable game still. Yes. Yeah. Winnable for sure. I think Steve Peichel is really doing a fantastic job with Rutgers right now. However, I kind of, if I can liken Rutgers to an analogy or paint a picture, it would be you're at a birthday party and there there's a toddler there and they're 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 grabbing their their piece of cake and their fruit punch from the table that is taller than they are and you can just see the the balance is a little shaky the knees are about to buckle and they're about to to go nose deep into into their cake <laughs> and just completely fall over that's Rutgers for me and that Steve Peichel is not going to be there for more than three four five more years I think. He's going to build up this program and he's going to go get a better job elsewhere. Rutgers is a, is kind of a launching pad for him this season. However, you have Gavin Griffiths coming in their their best recruit in program history. Rutgers is not going to be an easy team to beat by any estimation. It's hard for me to figure out, are they a part of this first part of the schedule with Minnesota and Penn state, or are they a part of this next stretch of the schedule that includes Indiana, Wisconsin, and Michigan? I think they're probably more so, like you said, on the Indiana, Wisconsin, Michigan side of things. So you probably have two games that you can expect to win when the Big Ten play starts. And then you've got a stretch here in January, the first half of January after Rutgers. It's going to be Indiana at Indiana, Wisconsin, and then at Michigan. 
thoughts on that stretch there where you're sandwiched between you don't have more than five games uh, of a layoff and that's between Wisconsin and Michigan. You've got Rutgers, you've got Indiana, Wisconsin, and Michigan. None of those games will be easy. Um, how do you think Ohio state fares in that four game stretch? Should the, should the expectation be to win three, two, four? What are your thoughts there? I would expect uh, Ohio state to win three of those games with one of them being uh, a toss up. I would say that um, since Rutgers is at home, even though I just said they're, they're tough, they're always going to be tough, but because that one's at home, I would mark that one as a win um, at Indiana. I think that obviously uh, with Indiana losing their top two scorers, NBA guys um, in Hood Chafino and Trace Jackson Davis. I love them last year, those two guys, but they're gone. I still think that Indiana is going to be tough. Um, and anytime you're going to Indiana, that's always going to be a tough place to get a win. So I would say that that I would just mark that one as a loss. If I was looking at it just on paper right now, um, before the season starts, Wisconsin is a game. Um, that's going Wisconsin's always tough. Like, like everyone, I'm just gonna keep saying everybody's tough, I guess, but um, Wisconsin's a game that I think you guys are going to split. And I I would just put the one that you have at home as a win. And the one that you have on the road as a loss, I know that you were not high on Wisconsin. I just listened to your last show about their scoring. Um, But I do think that they have some good pieces. And I think that uh, they could beat you guys at home. And that place is a tough place to win all the time as well. Um, Chucky Hepburn back. They have a transfer coming in named AJ store. He's going to be a good scorer. I don't know how he fits into their style of play, which is mainly defensive, slowing the game down because he's quick. He likes to score quick. So I don't know what AJ store, what we have in store for him, to be honest, um, or how he fits in. But uh, Stephen crawl coming back on the inside. I just think they have a lot of good pieces. So um I think that they'll win the game on the road, but this one in particular that we're talking about is at home. So I'll give you guys the win there. And then um, I hate Michigan this year. Hate them. Hate, hate, hate Michigan Uh, at Michigan. I think that that's a win. I think that you guys could beat them at Michigan. You could beat them at Ohio state. You could beat them in California, uh, in Jamaica. It wouldn't matter where you guys played this game. Um, Michigan's down this year. I think that uh, (laughs) I don't know how far I want to go into this. Juwan Howard is X's and O's one of the worst coaches in the Big Ten, in my opinion. Can't finish games. Um, can't break a press. If you watched the Vandy game in the NIT last year. And um, I just don't I don't love Michigan this year, so I'll give you guys a win right there. So that would make it three. If you got Rutgers, you lose the one at Indiana, and then you beat Wisconsin and come back and beat Michigan on the road. So three out of those four, I think, is reasonable for that stretch of the schedule. So let me tell you the the vibes after Ohio State has beaten Dayton in an ex- exhibition that didn't mean anything. I tweeted it out last night that Ohio State is one and zero, and don't tell, don't let anyone tell you any differently. However, we did have one fan of the show uh, didn't understand the sarcasm, and apologies <laughs> for that. Mostly everyone did. I say that because you're going to tell me that Ohio State is going to take three of four in this stretch, and then two and two, two of two in the stretch before that. That, according to my math, would be five of six. Um, that would Ohio State fans would be running in the streets with with that kind of start. I think. I think. I, I my my take on Wisconsin. Uh, I I'm still unsure of them. I'm gonna abstain from having to give a real take on them um, until someone forces me to, and probably no one will care, so I won't ever have to. But um, yeah, Indiana is gonna be tough. I think their front court is really good, but. I'd rather have a really good 
uh, a backcourt than, than a good frontcourt. You've got McKenzie and Baco there who uh, you wonder he'll, he'll be playing against Ohio state. As long as no uh, Taco Bell workers are uh, unruly toward him, I would assume um, <laughs> regardless, like their front court, they've got three guys to play two different spots. They're not going to be able to stretch the floor. I don't think. So that could be a game where Ohio state could take it. And best case scenario, you're looking at starting the big 10 play seven and zero. I'm not going to say it's going to happen. And I won't be pessimistic because I declined to do so at this time, but let's picture Ohio state is six and one or, or sorry, not six and one, five and one or four and two after these first six games, then they get a stretch where they're taking on Penn state, Nebraska, and Northwestern. Now, one of these teams I'm really, really high on, I've said before, but regardless, this is another stretch where the Buckeyes have got to win at least two games. Yeah, I agree. I want to go back one, one tick though on, uh, uh, who are we just talking about? Minnesota or not Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin. You said they had three guys to play two front court spots. Who are those three guys that you were thinking of? Because Sorry, I'm talking. I, I just Indiana. wanted to make sure that we're including the Gus Bus that just got recruited there. You talking about him? I'm I'm talking. Indiana has three guys to play two spots. Oh, the okay, court. Indiana. Okay, I thought you were talking about Wisconsin. That's my bad. That's my bad. Okay, so the next three games, uh, Penn State. Like I just said about uh, Michigan, I think you guys could win that game anywhere. Um, I do like Nebraska. I think they're going to be tough. Uh, they have one of the best shooters in uh, Tominga. Am I saying that right? I've never said his name right. Is that how you say I, it? I believe it's Casey Tominaga or, or something Tominaga. similar. Um, Man, I, I said that way wrong then. That's close um, enough. <laughs> Tominaga. I love him, though. He's great. Uh, like I said, one of the best shooters, if not the best shooter in the Big Ten. Um, but I do think that, he, that he's going to be asked to do a lot for them this year. Um, and then at Northwestern, love Northwestern. I love Northwestern. I always love Northwestern. Um it's funny because last year when I was doing all my shows about Big Ten basketball, I kept talking about how Collins is the best. I just talked about Juwan Howard is the worst. I think that uh, Collins is the best X's and O's coaches, coach in the Big Ten. He does so much with so little talent that uh, it's really impressive. If you are a basketball fan and uh, Northwestern's not playing your team, it's a really fun game to turn on and just watch what they do offensively and watch how uh, sound they are, even defensively. No one's ever out of position. Everyone's always in the right spot. And uh, yeah, they don't have the athletes that they're usually playing against, but and that's usually why they lose games is just because of the athletes. But from a coaching perspective, I think they have the best coach in the Big Ten. I'm glad he won Big Ten Coach of the Year last year. Um and uh, I would say that that one would be a maybe, but a, I'm going to put it as a loss right now. So it would go uh, Penn State win again. And then I don't know, it's hard to make a decision on uh, Nebraska, but then I would give a loss for Northwestern. I would lean, I would lean towards a win for Nor Nebraska, Nebraska, Northwestern's the loss though. It, it's time for you and I to take on the, the heavy burden of spreading the good news of Nebraska or sorry, not Nebraska Northwestern to the big 10 basketball masses. Um, I'm yes. adamant that I'm in on Northwestern this season. They lose chase Adish, who I think maybe was more valuable than boo booey last season because Adish was so good defensively. He could shoot the ball. He was a very, very complete player for Northwestern. And uh, nothing frustrated me more last season season than watching some guy named Brooks Barnheiser. Uh, I, I believe he made seven threes against Ohio State the second time that these two teams <laughs> played. 
Um, Northwestern is going to be good, I think, this season, and no one wants to talk about them. But if this roster were attached to Michigan State or Illinois or Maryland, people would easily be saying Northwestern is going to go back to the NCAA tournament. It's just the fact that they play in in an arena that's smaller than some junior high uh, basketball courts, whatever. That's fine. Um, But Northwestern is going to be legitless this year. That's going to be a tough game. Um, That's one of the teams that Ohio State only plays once, I believe, after going back and counting. Again, I could be wrong, and it's, it's bad of me to not know. However, this stretch, we already talked about Penn State, Nebraska. Again, I think we're under the the understanding that this may not be the best team in the Big Ten. It's not going to be the worst, but they're going to be a fringe, you know, NCAA team probably on the outside of the bubble. And Northwestern should be really good. But right now, first third of Big Ten play, you're looking at Northwestern should be a tough game. Wisconsin, Indiana, maybe Michigan, maybe, um, but a pretty favorable schedule here. And then we're going to go into a pretty grueling stretch that is about half of month, uh, two, three weeks here, that in my opinion is going to be the toughest for Ohio State to have to go through. They're going to take on Illinois, then they go at Iowa, Indiana at home, Maryland at home, at Wisconsin, and at home against Purdue. This stretch feels daunting for Ohio State to play. We've been very, very optimistic about the Buckeyes so far but they've got a lot of teams like Minnesota, Penn State twice, Nebraska, Rutgers, Michigan, that we all expect to be in the second half of the Big Ten. Now we're facing a bunch of teams that are going to be the top half of the Big Ten. So how do you, how do you see this, this schedule breaking down in terms of the middle portion of it, the meat, the chunky portion of it is against really, really good competition? Yeah, originally when I was looking at the schedule, I wrote down February 2nd through the 18th, is the toughest part of the schedule by far. It's really backloaded. Like this, the stuff at the beginning was a little bit harder or a little bit easier. This is by, like you said, by far the toughest part of the schedule. And I originally wrote down February 2nd, which is the Iowa game. And then I looked at the two previous games before that. And I'm thinking at Northwestern, like we just talked about, come back home against Illinois. We're going back to January 27th through February 18th now as like, just an absolute gauntlet of a schedule. Like, just could be really tough. Uh, Illinois, um, like you said, they're going to be really. They got, they got one of the best players in the Big Ten coming back to them. Um, in Terrence Shannon, um, they have Sincere Harris coming back as well. They're they're just for Illinois. It's very much like their football team. To be honest, they're very difficult to figure out. You see the talent, and then you get to the game. And you're like, how are you losing this game? Or how are you? And then and then you get down on them. And you're like, okay, Illinois, maybe they're not that good. And then they'll go win a game that they're not supposed to. It's the same thing with the football team. So uh, really tough to figure them out. And until you really see them play, you already know the talent that they have. And even last year, we knew the talent that they had coming in. A lot of people picking them to win the Big Ten last year. Um, and then obviously the season that they had uh, did not do that. But um Yeah, so until I actually see them play and see if they're actually going to mesh together a little bit and play like a team, um, I'm just not really, I'm not really sure what we're going to get from them. So that one's, that one's really tough to pick. Um, At this point, I'll do the same thing I did last year and just give Illinois the slight edge and probably say that they win that game, even though it's at Ohio State. Um, Iowa's going to be really good. Iowa's going to be tough, especially on the road. Uh, Peyton Stanford, his brother's there now too. Tony Perkins, one of my favorite guards in the Big Ten. 
that nobody will ever say that again because not a lot of people even know who he is, but he plays his butt off all the time. Um, and I just like, I like his competitiveness. I like his style of play. I like his swagger. And um, he, he brings Iowa something that they usually don't have, which is uh, that, that swagger that I was just talking about. So I like Tony Perkins a lot. Um, obviously, Pat McAfee. And then they got a kid named Ben Cricky coming in who for them is a perfect transfer because they've had a lot of guys that were able to score near the rim and they've had a lot of really good shooters, especially last year. They shot the three like crazy. Um, what they were missing was that mid-range guy. If you watch Ben Cricky highlights, that's the only spot he scores is eight to 15 feet. He, that's where he gets all his buckets. So they're going to be really tough. And especially at home, um, I give Iowa the edge there. Um, I lean towards giving you guys a win for Indiana because you lost to them already. You've already played them once. And I do think it's big when you play a team twice that you've already seen them once. You've already got a feel for them. You've already scouted them once and you know what you did wrong or right the first time. So you can make adjustments if you lost or you can try to replicate it if you won the first game. So I'll give you guys the edge in that uh, that Indiana game at home. Maryland also going to be near the top. I think that um, from everything that I've read, I hope I'm not going too long about all these teams, but from everything I've read, Maryland is probably either, I think they're a top four Big Ten team when we finish the season. And again, goes back to like the style of play that they play. They're coaching really good. Everybody that they have back, Jameer Young, arguably uh, one of the best guards, if not the best guard coming back in the Big Ten. And then another guy, he reminds me a lot of Tony Perkins, actually, is the Indiana transfer, actually, Jordan Geronimo. Love him. Love Jordan Geronimo. He's, he's listed as a forward. He's more built like a guard, but he just plays like a maniac. He plays like, like his hair's on fire all the time. He, but he's always under control, though. So uh, look out for Jordan Geronimo to really help Maryland this year. And then I expect Julian Reese to take a step forward as well. And he was already really good. So Maryland's going to be tough. Um, I give Maryland the win there. I already said that you guys were going to beat Wisconsin the first time at home but lose to them on the road. So I give them a win there. And then Purdue, um, like I said, on paper, here's the thing about Purdue. They, and this is not a secret to anyone. They got some really talented basketball players. Don't get me wrong. The team is really good, but it is built around one guy. So if Zach E for some reason is not able to play in this game, or if he ever gets hurt throughout this year, Purdue goes from a national title contender to a, Top, still top, but top to mid Big Ten team after that, I think. That's just me personally. And I do like I do like their other players. I like Mason Gillis. I like uh, Fletcher. I like Braden Smith. Um, Caleb First, another guy who's got his brother coming to play with him. His, his brother Josh is coming. I didn't know that until I looked it up this year or just today. Uh, Trey Kaufman-Wren, they just got a lot of players. They got a really good coach, so... I still like them, but the fact of the matter is, though, if Zach Eady's not on the floor, Purdue is not Purdue anymore. And I think that it's more than just what he brings to them basketball-wise. It's what he brings, like, to their uh, potential and to them emotionally. If he's not out there, they just are a shell of themselves, I think, this year. But if he is healthy, um, I think they're the second or first best team in the Big Ten. And I think that they uh, can beat you guys, even if it is at home for Ohio State. So that's how I see that. 
I mean, that is like you said, though, dude, that is a that is a rough, rough stretch for Ohio State. But the one thing is that I would say you got going for you if you're an Ohio State fan is I believe in momentum. You got all the games that are very winnable before this. So if you can get some momentum and get some confidence going into these games, uh, maybe we're talking about a different Ohio State team playing these teams uh, later on in the season. So we'll just see. We'll just have to wait and see how that goes, though. Yeah, this this is going to be brutal. I mean, there's no other way to say it. You can even, like you said, you can include Northwestern in this, and you've got a good solid chunk of three weeks where Ohio State over and over and over again is going to be exhausted playing these types of teams. Now, I don't, I don't want to to uh, solely your view on Iowa too much, but they will be without Tony Perkins this year. Last I checked, he's he's transferred out to Iowa or out away from Iowa. I should say. Other than that, I believe that they're they're pretty much set without uh, Aaron Eulis being one other transfer, and of course Chris Murray being gone. Uh, but they're still going to be solid. You've got again that matchup with Indiana, Maryland is going to be really good. Wisconsin, Purdue, but the what you mentioned on on Purdue, I, I think is one hundred percent right. Zach Eady is the most valuable player on any team in college basketball because. They lean on him more than anyone. Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer apparently have looked good in practice from what I've seen this season. It sounds like they're going to make a step. But, I mean, if you don't have Zach Eady, this becomes the best team in the Big Ten or the second best team in the Big Ten to a team that is maybe pulling in a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament and, you know, a 7 seed in the Big Ten tournament or something like that. So that's a really good point for Purdue. But regardless, this is going to be the highest likelihood area where Ohio state fans are yet again, ringing the bells and clanging the symbols saying fire Chris Holtman again, are you going to fire Chris Holtman over the stretch of just counting Illinois? You've got one, two, three, four, five, six games. Is that right? One, two, three, four, five, six, that's six games. If he goes two and four during this stretch or even one and five, can you tell me what coach in America or Either what coach in America can allow Ohio State to go three and three or four and two. And if you can, awesome. That's great. Outside of that, tell me why this roster should beat all of these teams back to back to back to back. Like this Buckeye team is going to be better than it was last year. I feel really confident about that. But if you're going to complain about Chris Holtman, look at the team that they are and tell me, should this roster beat all these teams? Or if it were spread out a little bit more throughout the Big Ten Conference tournament or, or tournament, not tournament, but schedule, would you be all that concerned about it when when these losses maybe aren't stacking up on one another? But this is going to be a trap area for Ohio State where potentially the momentum, like you said, can can swing in one direction. It can also swing in a really bad direction for Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just going to be <laughs> I don't, besides coach Collins, who I obviously love, I don't think there is another coach. He's the guy. Um, I think he might be able to do it. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, I agree with you though. If you go, if you get two wins out of that, out of those six games, excuse me, you can't really be upset about that because it's just a, it's just all the toughest teams that you're playing besides Michigan state, which comes two weeks after or a week after that are all in the same stretch right there in three weeks. So it's it's just going to be really tough. So if you can pick up a couple here and there, I think that you can maintain some momentum and maintain some of that confidence that you got from earlier on in the season. Um, 
but yeah, there's no shot that they're going six and zero during that stretch. And in my opinion, or even four and two, I would say would be uh, a little bit outlandish to say, but three and three or, or two and four during that stretch is really successful. I think because just because of how good everybody else is, where the games are at, it's at Northwestern, it's at Iowa, um, you know, it's at Wisconsin. And then Purdue is just like, you know, they're, they're tr- literally a train coming down the track. So um, yeah, it's going to be tough for that. I am really sad though about Tony Perkins. I'm looking it up right now. I don't see anything, but if he's not in an Iowa uniform, I am less cheering for Iowa this year because he is my favorite player for them. So if he's gone, so is my fandom for Iowa. And I, I'll say it here first, Hawkeyes, we need to get Tony Perkins back if he's gone. <laughs> um, Kent Peterson, well-known Tony Perkins lover. He's actually on the roster. Um, I don't know how I missed this. I'm looking at this right now. Tony Perkins is on the roster this season. I had this We're in back. my notes when we did the when we did the Big Ten West uh, preview. I had Tony Perkins transferring out. I don't know where I got that from, but it was it was completely wrong. So uh, shout out Kent for knowing Iowa better than I do. Um, so we have that. <laughs> I would hope so. I, I would hope you don't know the intricacies of Iowa's roster up and down. But yeah, I love I love him so much. I I would have been really sad. I would have taken my fandom for Tony Perkins where I would follow him though. You know, if he went somewhere else, even out of conference, I would consider starting a new podcast for whatever conference he transferred to, because I got to follow my boy uh, TP here, man. He's that's my guy. That's my guy. I got to stay with him. Uh, A man of principle is is worth more value than we know. And find someone, Mr. Or Miss listener, find someone who loves you the way Ken Peterson loves Tony Perkins. That's right. So we've covered the probably the toughest stretch of the schedule by far for Ohio State. Then they get to tap the brakes a little bit against Minnesota. We're not going to discuss them again. Frankly, they don't deserve it. Sorry, Golden Gophers. Then after that, it's the big one against Michigan State. It is at Michigan State, the only time these two teams play this year. Now, I've just been notified uh, of a tweet here on something that we sent out today sharing that you'd be joining on the show. So I'm just going to give you the floor. Been told to ask you about your love for A.J. Hogard. Feels like the right time to do it. So let, let's talk about A.J. Hogard. Um, I'd rather not. Uh, I'll talk about Michigan State. <laughs> okay. No, Michigan State is, uh, they're a great, they're going to be a great, great team this year. Um, A.J. Hogart is not my favorite player in the Big Ten. I'll put it to you that way. It's, um, I don't think that he's a bad basketball player. I am on record as saying that I do think that I could guard him and keep him under 10 points a game if I was if I was guarding him. Um, and I'm extremely out of shape. So, I, But I do think I could guard him. Um, I don't like his face for some reason. I don't know what it is about it. I just don't like his face. And I had a bet on him last year that, uh, speaking of 10 points a game, that he would not score 10 points a game or average 10 assists a game. And he did, in fact, score over 10 points per game. So I had to pay the very person that sent that tweet to you $100 cash money. And uh, that's, I think, why he's bringing it up. And uh, for that reason, I like him even less. So, um, no, but in in all seriousness, though, um, AJ's a great player. I think he's a really good point guard. I think that um, him and Tom Izzo have a really good connection with each other. 
and they're for the most part on the same page. I know there was a video last year where uh, AJ was kind of drifting off and Izzo was trying to get in his head a little bit and he's just like was not not with him. But um, something that I think a lot of people forget about Big Ten sports in general or just college athletics is that these kids are very young and uh, he's a kid still. So like stuff like that happens all the time. I'm sure uh, every player that we've discussed today has had a moment or two like that with their coach. Um, and then, you know, sometimes it's just not always televised. So um, I think AJ's a good player. And then you just look up and down their roster. It's Jaden Aikens coming back. Tyson Walker, I didn't think should come back because I think he was the best shooting guard in the Big Ten last year already. So I think he is that again this year. They have uh, Malik Hall back, which I know that Michigan State fans are up and down about him um, and his production. And then um, Jackson Kohler on the inside, I think will take a big step forward. But then that's just the guys coming back. Their recruiting class was ridiculous. Xavier Booker. Cohen Carr could probably win the NBA dunk contest this year. Uh, Jeremy Fears, I believe, is going to be a really good guard for them. I don't really know a ton about Jeremy Fears. I'm not going to lie. Xavier Booker was the guy I was going to talk about more. 6'11". So just giving them even more size inside. When you're looking at them um, against Ohio State in particular, I just feel like, uh, and this is no slight at Ohio State. I think this is, you know, just being real. I think they're outmatched at almost every position. And uh, I think that Michigan State is the best team in the Big Ten. I think that top to bottom, they have better players than Purdue even. So um, I think Purdue has one better player than them. And of course, we've talked about him enough already. But for a complete roster, Michigan State has the best roster. Um, Tom Izzo is a great coach. Um, I'll say it one more time. I think Chris Collins is better. I think he's the best coach in the Big Ten, uh, X's and O's wise. Obviously, he hasn't won a national championship yet. Tom Izzo has, so he can flash that ring and tell everyone he is the best still. Uh, he can tell everyone in the conference he's the best. No one else has got one. Um, so I, I love Michigan State. I think that they're going to win a lot of games this year, and uh, I think that that will be one of them as well um, this upcoming season for the Buckeyes. Yeah, uh, the love for Chris Collins is is getting uh, astronomically high. So, uh, congrats if you give again. me a team with Chris Collins and Tony Perkins, and like I would it's just over. build like a dream team of guys I just really like, like Joshua Ola Joseph, like a bunch of guys that like no one else would pick first would all be like my first round picks. I would just build this weird dream team of just Big Ten guys that I like. I think that would be really fun to do someday. Maybe we should do that next time. The morale would be high, at least on this theoretical team. Like, yes, you you love this team so much that these players would be like, "Wow!" Like, coach really believes in, or or whatever your your title on the team would be. Um, they they would just love playing for you as the director of team personnel or whatever the case may be. I mean, over the moon with some of these guys. So respect that. However, it, it appears that AJ Hogard would not be on the roster, which is fine. No. I get that. Um, nope, he would not be. But I'm with you on Michigan State. Michigan State is my pick. Spoiler alert, Michigan State is my pick to win the Big Ten this year. Everyone's in on Purdue. Uh, Maybe not everyone, but we had Brian Ralph on the show a couple weeks ago, senior national writer for Heat Check College Basketball. He's really not sold that Michigan State will even finish in second in the Big Ten this season, but I'm with you. I love Michigan State. What's his name? uh, name? i got to find this guy. 
Brian Ralph. It's it's spelled R A U F. You you can listen to the episode. He he was on with us, okay. uh, you know, a week or two ago. Uh, wasn't all that high in Michigan State. You look at what they're returning. You look at their head coach, and you look at that freshman class: Cohen Carr, Xavier Booker. I mean, these guys are legit. Jeremy Fears is legit as well. Like this is going to be a really really good team. I hope that this is the team that can get to the final four and finally get that drought broken uh, for the big Ten conference in general. But yeah, I think Michigan state's going to be really good. The game is going to be at Michigan state. Um, it's on February 25th, which uh, according to my notes, I don't know what day of the week that will be. I would have to assume they place that game on a Saturday or Sunday. I would assume that we're not going to be going up to Michigan state on a Tuesday night. Um so that the the environment is going to be raucous there regardless i'm in on michigan state this year being really really good they've got a really really good roster makeup they lose joey hauser but they keep pretty much everyone else so uh michigan state should be good that should be an l i think for ohio state or i would have to say um as much as it somewhat pains me to say although i think it's just being realistic but i think michigan state's going to be really really good this season um have you have you game is on that game is on a sunday by the way which by the way i I got to bring this up. It feels like Ohio State's always playing on Sundays for basketball. What's the deal with this? And it feels like, and just like this game, it feels like it's always on CBS. Do they have some partnership with CBS where they play on Sundays all the time? It feels like that's always the case for them. Yeah, I brokered the deal. Um, and, oh, nice. And that's why it happened. But uh, no, I, I have no idea what's going on there. We, I believe Ohio State was, they ended the season last year on a Sunday and they're the only team other than the team that they played, which I mm, probably wasn't Maryland, but I feel like it was. But uh, I feel like they're only they were the only game in the Big Ten on the final Sunday of the regular season. So, yeah, maybe maybe Ohio State has has something going on. May have to also do with the fact that it's one of the biggest brand in sports and, and they want that team playing on a on a Sunday isolated against everyone else. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, they, they've got Michigan State. Uh, on a on a Sunday afternoon game, that'll be a fun one for Sparty. Then the final couple games of the year, they wrap up with Nebraska. They've got Michigan on Senior Day and Rutgers. Doesn't feel like the biggest gauntlet, uh, the the toughest stretch for Ohio State. Kind of feels like they'll finally be able to kind of take the gas off the pedal a little bit. Uh, you're not high on Michigan. I'm not high on Michigan either. Uh, we've already spoken about Nebraska and Rutgers. This feels like a stretch where a really really good team. Like top 90 percentile, Ohio State is winning all three of these. On average, they're probably going to win two out of these three. Yeah, I I think they could win all three of them, especially the first two being at home against Nebraska. And then uh, Michigan also on a Sunday at three o'clock. Listen, if you want to watch Ohio State basketball, you can't go to church anymore in February or early March because all the games are on Sunday. Um, So interesting. Again, on CBS, three o'clock, set your calendars. Uh, but yeah, I do think that they beat Michigan again. I just don't, uh, unless something like crazy, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't, I just don't see it. Someone else has to coach for them, for Michigan, for them to be a decent team this year. I think that they have talent, but just, they're just not, uh, utilizing it correctly. And then, um, we'll see on that last game at Rutgers, um, how well they're going to actually come together. And, uh, but I, I could see them winning all three of these games realistically, and uh, they might need to to get to, you know, we're talking about that middle stretch right there. And depending on how what the record goes for that really tough stretch, you might need all three of these wins to get to like, you know, 19 or 20 
to be involved in that. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I, Cause I know you already talked about the non-conference, but there's some really tough non-conference games too. So looking at the end of that schedule, it's just, I don't know. It just depends on what happens earlier on. I, I would like to think that you guys would already be in the tournament at that point, especially after Nebraska and Michigan. So uh, yeah, I like, I like you guys in all three of those games, but we'll see how, how it has an impact on the tournament as far as that goes. Once the season starts, I guess I'm looking so far ahead of that because that like we start looking at those dates and it says March on it. And I'm like, man, what if that has like an impact on them, like making the tournament or their seating for the big 10 tournament, like how that's going to shake out and everything just gets me so excited. But I just keep saying, I don't know, because you have no idea what's going to happen in the previous game. So uh, it's just really exciting to think about though, those last couple of games in that time of year. Yeah. And, and I think that's a great point. Like those final three games, they should all be wins for Ohio state. They, they should be, it doesn't mean they will be, but they could have some pretty big implications for Ohio state getting in to the NCAA tournament or getting back on the, the right side of the bubble uh, and then going into the big 10 tournament. Those three games should be big. I think for Michigan with it being senior day, with it being a Sunday, with it being um, against your arch rival. I know it's not as big as it is in the football realm, but that's a game that Ohio State's, it's not going to be hard to get up for. And again, those games against Nebraska and Rutgers, they could be big for definitely it's going to affect Big Ten seating, but it's also going to affect their NCAA tournament aspirations. So we've been really high, I think, on Ohio State as a whole and their Big Ten schedule. It sounds like we both see Ohio State winning more than they lose potentially, but it, it, it's going to be tough for Ohio State in that middle stretch. And these final couple of games could very well determine what they're doing in mid-March. So um, yeah. fair point there as well. So, I mean, anything else you'd, you'd add on on the Big Ten Conference overall with Ohio State schedule or, or anything else in general there? Yeah, but I, I think with Ohio State in general, my big question is, you know, we kind of talked about this before we started recording about, you know, them being so well known for football and a lot of the fans even being more obviously connected with the football team than they are the basketball team. What's a good what's a good regular season for Ohio State? Do you is it like we're already secured in the tournament before the Big Ten tournament? Is it a certain amount of wins? Is it beating certain teams or is it just, you know, I, I just, I'm just curious from an Ohio state's uh, fans perspective, like what do you consider a good regular season? Cause even in basketball, like, you know, most of it is determined on postseason play, how far you make it in the tournament, whether you won the big 10 tournament or how well you did after the season was over, but for the regular season, how do you consider that a uh, successful season? Yeah, I think it's, it varies seasonally obviously and my my take may be different from you know other fans out there but i think for ohio state the the benchmark is is always going to be you need to win 20 games if you don't win 20 games in a season then it was a a very clear bad year whereas some programs in the big 10 minnesota rutgers penn state if they win 20 games they're like oh wow we had a great year not the case for ohio state by the way if Ohio State football wasn't as good as it is, Ohio State basketball would be a very well-known basketball school brand. I believe they're one of eight, nine teams that have made it to the Final Four ten times or more in all of college basketball. Not a lot of teams have done it with, with Ohio State. So they really do have a nice track record and pedigree. I think for this season, 
everyone's looking at can Chris Holtman finally get Ohio State past that first weekend in the NCAA tournament? You have to make it there first. Um, but I think Ohio State, a successful season this year would be making it to the Sweet 16 and being firmly within the NCAA tournament while fighting for a double buy in the Big Ten tournament. That's what I've said mm. all offseason. That's where Ohio State should be looking toward as far as, yes, we can say this was a successful season. And I, I feel like that's probably the case most years anyway that you would say would be success. But yeah, you, you shouldn't be on the bubble. You should be in the NCAA tournament. You should be van- advancing in the tournament. They played for a Big Ten tournament championship two or three years ago. Um, can't remember when. Um, it, it, you know, they've been, they've they've been able to advance in the postseason, uh, other than the NCAA tournament, unfortunately. So if Ohio yeah. State can get back to that, then fans should be happy again. Yeah, Sweet Sixteen would be awesome. I feel like that that's a a good uh like a measuring stick for a successful season. I think that that you know some people don't think that. You know, some people that actually just tweeted at us don't think that a Sweet 16 is a successful season. But, you know, I'm not some people. I think that that's you go far. You get past that first weekend. You're one of the last 16 teams playing or even winning one more game. One of the last eight teams playing in college basketball. You have to consider that a successful season, no matter what happened uh, the rest of the year. So, yeah, I, I do a lot of that, too, like trying to figure out what is really success for different teams like is it making the tournament or is it making a run and uh, it's just interesting to look at from a Ohio State perspective so thank you for that yeah absolutely and can we appreciate you joining I know you've got a date with AJ Hogard that you've got to run to here in a few minutes you got to get ready for that but uh, until then go ahead and plug again casual Big Ten and anything else that you'd like to brag about here uh, before we head out yeah, uh, Casual Big Ten. It's at Casual Big Ten on Twitter. That's where I do most of the uh, things that I like to do, tweeting and memes and videos and stuff like that. But I also do a podcast. Right now it's still football season, so three times a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then we'll start that basketball stuff up either uh, next week or at the beginning of the following week. And I can't wait to start talking about that stuff. Hopefully have some guests on this year for that. And then I, I'm just really excited. Last year we... We did shows from the Big Ten tournament, which I say from the Big Ten tournament. We were in my uh, my friend's house who lives in Chicago. So but we we went to all the games. So it was like, you know, fresh off watching every single game and coming back and recording was really fun. So that's my favorite time of year is right there in March. And I'll be there again this year. So I'm excited to do that. And uh, on YouTube as well, at Casual Big Ten, posting a lot of stuff on there. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on, man. This was really fun to start getting ramped up for basketball season. It was fun to fun little exercise for me to go through one team specifically and kind of get a vibe of what's going on with Ohio state. So feel a little bit more confident talking about them and excited to see them play this year. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, we appreciate you joining. I'm going to let you uh, get off to, to go hang out with AJ Hogarth. I know you've got some love <laughs> letters also to write to Tony Perkins and some others as well. So I don't want to hold yes. you from that, but appreciate you joining today and I'm sure we'll chat with you soon. So Kent Peterson is on record of hating AJ Hogard and loving certain coaches within the Big Ten and players within the Big Ten, which is fine. That's good. Um, Tony Perkins does play for Iowa, by the way. Can confirm. Kent loves Tony Perkins. I love mac and cheese. We're all different. Appreciate you listening today. It was a productive conversation, in my opinion. You could tell me I'm wrong, and that's fine. Again, a couple requests as we head out here. Please like the tweet. 
that this episode came out on so that more eyeballs can get on this, should you feel compelled to. Make sure you're subscribed to the Views from the Shop podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you are taking in your podcast content. We're also on YouTube. You can find us there. Please subscribe there. We're going to have some more content coming out this week on that channel. And you can find us again, Twitter, Instagram, pretty much wherever you are taking in any of your sports content. Appreciate you listening today. Can't wait for the Ohio State season and for the fans to interact with people like me. And by people like me, I do mean myself. Can't wait to talk more Buckeyes hoops with you. Until next time, I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.